0: This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. I am your host, Lores, and today we have a Halloween special, so you're getting double episodes this week. Back with me again, we have Jake, a.k.a. the cinematologist, and Hans, a.k.a. a pedophile rapist murderer. Hey, what's up, y'all? <laughs> now, we have decided to talk about, perhaps, the best in the Halloween series, <clears throat> Halloween 3 <three-starter, clears throat> Tom, Tom Atkins... <clears throat> You okay there, Jake? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and uh, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who also did it, the original miniseries, and a plethora of other really bad movies. Mm-hmm.
1: If it goes out, it means the death of millions of people. Everyone watching, don't you understand that?
0: If it, 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 well, say it's a bomb, then say say whatever you want, say whatever you
2: like. Just get it off the air.
0: Before we even get into that, what are you guys doing for Halloween?
3: Well, me, I don't know what they do in Costa Rica, so I'm very, human
0: trafficking.
3: <laughs> yeah, so well, underage well, prostitution. Yeah, maybe they give out kids at the door instead of candy, maybe. Oh, uh, but what we're doing up here in the glorious region of New England is uh, giving out candy, relishing the fact that uh, uh, I cannot do these things anymore without being criminally prosecuted. So I'm going to uh, accept the fact that my mortality is creeping closer and closer by the day, which I suppose is in the spirit of the holiday, and uh, try not to try not to get fat on all the candy I'm supposed to be giving out to other people.
0: You guys don't have mischief night anymore. Mischief knife?
3: No, no. I think that's something that was solely in horror movies. Really? I think that, I, I thought think it was like something. An, I thought it was an East Coast thing. I think that's something I wasn't invited to in my high school years. <laughs> I don't think I fit in <laughs>
2: enough.
3: <so>. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool enough, shift Night.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Um, they they're doing a, you know, like a Halloween contest at work. That's that's like the closest, I guess, to Halloween because it's an American company. But um, everyone that dresses up here went out last weekend, and I had uh, a total of like ten dollars to spend. So I I figured I wouldn't go out. So I'm not doing anything really. Uh, I, I was going to go to work and dressed up as something, and then I realized, you know, I work from home. So why the fuck would I even bother dressing up and going that day? So to answer your question, not nothing. <laughs> I'm not a very festive person, I guess.
0: You know, I, I, I'm probably going to just hang out alone in the, the dark corners of my basement and watch a, a good old-fashioned movie. Well, that sounds... Well,
1: we don't even have kids. We don't have kids in our neighborhoods uh, that, you know, come trick-or-treating or whatever that's called.
3: Uh, so well, don't you
0: live in the jungle? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, you know. Don't the kids there knock on the door and, like, demand you for your money at gunpoint? Is that their version of yeah, Halloween? the knife. There's no guns. It's knives. Oh.
0: It's just Barcat Abdi.
2: <laughs>
0: so, we're going to be talking about Halloween 3. And now, Halloween 3 is my favorite in the Halloween series. Jake, I know it comes in at number two for you behind the original. And Hans, where would you rank? I mean, I know you're a big fan of the Halloween Four and five, and you know, the what is it what is it, the curse of Michael Myers, the return of Michael Myers? What the hell
3: is that sixth <laughs> one? That's so bad. The curse. I'm a big uh The Thorn Cult. Loomis fan. He He's a big uh <laughs> Paul Rudd fan in his early years. Yeah. it looks like he was just hopped up on Riddle in the whole movie.
1: No, uh, this is my second favorite also, after the, the original, too. So so the Might majority be a... beats you, Lorez. Wait, did you guys Do you guys already talk about the new one?
0: Uh, Yes, this will be released the day after that, which is the 30th. So we have two episodes coming out this week.
1: Okay. Because I didn't like it. So, I just wanted to throw that out there. I wasn't,
0: I wasn't. You didn't like the new Halloween? No, because I
1: thought it was just a modern horror movie. Like, they removed everything that made the original iconic. I thought, like, the cinematography wasn't there, you know, the slow, tense moments weren't there. It was just a modern horror movie, and I was really disappointed. Unthinkable.
3: Yep. (laughs) Well, your opinion is wrong. You didn't like Jamie Lee Curtis's floating head from the closet?
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: which Lores and I both agreed that was a, uh, that was not quite the hallmark moment of the movie they, they might have been going for but I don't know,
0: I found it very tense it was First. that in the oh. Home Alone
3: part of, uh, Halloween when she turned into Kevin McAllister that's right Yeah, I mean, yeah, I listen, I, I didn't think it was perfect by any means, but I, I thought it was a great return to form overall um, Definitely had some issues in terms of establishing and, and the opening of the film. Like the first act I, I think focused on uh, I, I guess too many plot points to really let us sink into it. But really once the action started going in that second act and like the tracking shots and I thought some of the I thought some of the cinematography was actually really well done. And especially toward the final sequence, I can say genuinely, and not even as a fanboy of the series, that uh, I, that I really was on the edge of my seat in that last sequence uh, when she's going through all the rooms. And yeah, I, so I enjoyed it quite a bit. I have some minor issues with it, but certainly would take this over what we got in 2007 and 2009 with the zombie films. Um, uh, what's, the, what's the line? Uh, Trick or treat, motherfucker.
0: No, that that's Halloween Resurrection. That's still that's original canon. Okay, that's part of the
3: original series
0: of John Carpenter films.
3: That's what he would have wanted. Do you know? I know people online that like that badger me over some of my opinions on these movies that insist all these years later we pick up after Halloween Resurrection because there, damn it, is story to be told after that film. I mean, the entertainment is probably going to get
0: picked up for season two. Wait,
1: which one's Resurrection? Is that the one with the Rhymes?
0: Aka the best yes. one in the series. Okay.
1: Yes. The one with the reality show and and Tyra Banks who can't pay attention to anything, so people get killed because of her. That one was a. It was a lot of fun, but I I didn't remember it being so stupid when I watched it.
0: So Halloween three was going to be the first in what would be I guess an anthology series that would pick up with the Halloween name. I don't know if they had part four mapped out, but Halloween three is really about the the Silver Shamrock company. Moving into a small town in California, mm-hmm. it's kind of almost similar to Salem's Lot, where you have this wealthy uh, megalomaniac come in, set up shop, and just kind of take over the town, and I guess fill it with robots. It, you know, it's called Season of the Witch. There is like a very slight aspect of witchcraft or wizardry that is in play. Not a single witch in the film, though.
2: Yeah,
0: and. I will give it credit for having this weird concept of like killing children with Halloween masks, putting them in front of the TV and letting their heads melt into snakes, you know? So well,
3: yeah, I, that, that has always been a taboo and especially you gotta, you gotta put this in perspective. We're talking 1982 right now. You're talking right after movies like E.T. and pretty much anything Spielberg or Spielbergian of that time is being eaten up, uh, eaten up by critics. And Everyone loves it, and then you have this Halloween film come around and <laughs> disintegrate kids' heads into snakes and bugs and just not hold back at all. And Well, it's funny you mentioned Spielberg, because I just read today
0: that he's working with Lena Dunham to produce a Syrian refugee film. Have you guys heard about
3: this? I saw it on the Lorez Facebook page, and I... I made a distasteful comment on it. So.
2: <laughs>
0: I hear you make a lot of these lately. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I I don't know what Lena Dunham could possibly bring to the Syrian refugee genre. But
3: can we not? Can we not do this? <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> I, mean,
3: I want to talk about fucking Halloween three. <laughs> Fuck Lena Dunham. It's please.
1: another white lady talking about minorities. That's that's my issue,
0: right, guys? Hell yeah. Anyway,
3: nah, Tom Atkins. <laughs> tom atkins mustache oh man if if only yours could be that thick Lorez, i think we'd have a bigger audience
0: well my problem is and and i think the uh the you know the illustrator who did the uncle rich manga perfectly you know took this to task is that i don't have a mustache that connects so i really have just like a white (laughs) trash gas station worker look to myself yeah very unfortunate stuff But, uh, you know, Hans, I haven't seen you with a mustache. Why don't you be Tom Atkins for Halloween?
1: I can't grow one. I'm Asian and Mexican. So it's uh, the hairs are very far away from each other. So it just kind of like, like my mustache. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just not a good look. Like every time I'm just lazy enough to not shave in a month, it's just I have to do it because it's embarrassing to leave my house just because of how bad it is. So I'm probably not the right person for that.
3: And Jake, you can't really grow facial hair, can you? No, it kind of looks like I just clip pubes and then paste them on my face whenever I try to grow them out. So it's kind of a lost cause. And it's sad because I'm I'm over 25 years old now. So,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: But Tom Atkins and his mustache,
0: he, you know, that is really the key to wooing a 20-year-old robot in, in that movie. Uh he fucks her well and good. She's not always a robot. No, yeah, she was that, a robot right? all along. And and that was the whole ploy, was to bring him to the town, the doctor, and kill him, I guess. I don't know. She really was into that in shape, out of shape
1: from the 80s uh, lead man. You know, it's too old for his role, and,
3: and he's supposed to be like this sexy character, but he's just a dad. I he's will a drunk say,
1: doctor. yeah. <laughs> Dead I will dad. say,
3: ha- have you seen Tom Atkins these days? Mm-hmm.
0: Doesn't he look the exact same?
3: He's 83 years old and he look he, he does look exactly the same. It's incredible. Uh, there's actually a clip on YouTube from the recent Halloween 40 Year anniversary convention where somebody asks him how he has managed to to keep his his, his fine looks, his fine brawny guy looks after all these years and he says just do whatever you want until you're 40. And then once 40 comes, you got to quit. So I'm taking the Tom Atkins route of of lifestyle. I'm going to, I'm going to chuck back as much scotch as I can. I'm going to just inhale a pack of cool 100s at least every (laughs) few hours. And I'm just going to enjoy life and just sleep with women half my age with no consequences, leave my kids wondering where the hell I've been and, why I can't get them their Halloween masks that they'd like and yeah. save the world from Irish pagan rituals. I love that
0: the whole series, and really almost every slasher film in general, the lead is always a teenage girl. And then you just have this one outlier where it's an old man, an old man who fucks young women, and
3: then that's it. <laughs> you know, but you know what? I know I do have to say, like, in, on a serious note this time, Actually, it, it comes off really goofy and quirky for the sake of the movie when you first watch it. But if you think about it, he's actually a, a very good hero. And I'm, I'm going to break down why. He's No, he's extraordinarily flawed. And that's the main point. It's that he's not this Mary Sue typical final girl. And he's not this uh, completely stereotypical nice guy that's always trying to do the right thing he's a scumbag that's that's the whole focus and you see he he has a terrible relationship with his ex-wife he's kind of an absentee dad for his kids he slaps nurses asses (laughs) at his job he gets away with it completely uh he doesn't have good health habits it is purposeful that it's all trying to paint this really imperfect guy that actually tries to do something good Maybe that's a stretch of the imagination, but I don't, I mean, I mean, that's how I see it. How do you see it, Hans? Yeah, I I agree. (laughs) No, I, first of all, I don't want to leave until 80. So whatever that old guy
1: said, that's fine. But fuck that guy. Uh, he doesn't look the same. You guys are being too nice. He looks like a melted version of himself. <laughs> so so sure. <laughs> I wanna look like I I melted from my from my forties. Well and, hold on a moment. <laughs> I mean when did when
0: did you last watch Halloween three? Did you see this on like videotape or something? I don't know if you've seen his face, but he's got a very like kumea esque <laughs> texture to his skin, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's very guinea like, very
1: like uh Italian from, you know. Isles. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but, uh, he, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess if you, if you, uh, what Jake just said is way more than I've thought about the movie, like even thinking about how flawed the character is. So I guess you are right. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I guess I didn't think so deeply <laughs> about the movie. I was this, just enjoying it kind time of like,
3: I usually have on my hands. I can decipher these things just because Ooh. nobody likes to talk to me regularly. So I, I just think and talk to myself.
1: Well, because the thing is that I didn't watch—I uh, think I had only watched three of the Halloween movies uh, up to you know when this one came out. So I started mm-hmm. watching all of them just to catch up. Uh, and this one, since uh, since I had never seen it before, it kind of felt like an anthology, you know, like a trick or treat or like a move uh, a move mov- the movies that are coming out lately where they just do pretty much short stories or stories that are not related to whatever it is, just anthology. Uh, so I enjoyed it a lot, but I, I didn't really, you know, think so too deeply about it. I was just like, "This is, you know, fun," you know.
3: Yeah, and I think that's a credit that this film really doesn't get, even with a lot of reviews that praise it. I think, again, make of it what you will. It's it's kind of goofy and quirky, but I think in a good way. And and the thing that again nobody mentions is that this guy is very believable. Again, he's not this kind of. Well, he is kind of an archetype, but he's not the typical archetype we get in every procedural horror film. And I, I just think it's really interesting that they give, yeah, this guy who you can make a punchline just on how he looks, his age and everything. And it, it's actually interesting because a lot of the things that these movies typically lack are character development or anything like that. And you have that here. It, it might not be um, uh, easy to catch at first glance because of the plot and then because of some of the goofy gags in it. But it's there. He does have a trajectory. And I I think it's actually pretty convincingly pulled off.
0: We also uh, found out kind of recently, I I think there was a podcast where they were going into how they had planned to make a proper Halloween 3, like recently with the Halloween films that Rob Zombie did, where they were going to shoot it in like Russia or something. Now, let's say hypothetically Halloween 3, this Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, were to be remade. Who would you cast
3: as Tom Atkins and then also Cochran? I would just cast an 83-year-old Tom Atkins as Tom Atkins. <laughs> you're not going to – you and, – and just have him sleeping with 22-year-old women again in his, in his early 80s. Uh, I mean, who are you going to capture that kind of energy with again? I don't think the, – the funny thing about Tom Atkins is that he again, was never a leading man. He was always kind of a cameo guy. He had he had small roles in plenty of Carpenter's films from the late 70s into the early 80s, and then he had some leading roles in real cult movies. But who can really capture that same energy today? I, I, I don't think there would be anybody. Um, Nicholas Cage might be the closest, but then again, because he's inherently a punchline, I, I don't think you could pull it off. But I, 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 well, who came to mind for me is
0: the latest master of disguise. You know, you may have seen him in his role in, in Venom. Uh, remarkable transformation here. I'm talking about Woody Harrelson. I don't know. I think I'd be afraid of making him look
1: as ridiculous as he looked in that Venom movie with that wig, <laughs> with that Satchel Bob wig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why John Hawks just came to mind when you got, when you mentioned that. You know, the brother from, um, uh Danny McBride on East Man and Down. Yes. He's got a good mustache. He's got oh, a good white
3: trash stash. Yeah, he <laughs> could
0: totally play that role.
1: Wow.
3: Yeah, you know what? That's that's not that bad a call.
1: But it really depends on what budget we're talking about, because Woody Harrelson I don't think
3: would be that easy. Well, never mind, he he was in Venom, so I guess it wouldn't be that hard to get him. But I feel like Woody Harrelson isn't a guy that is is jumping at only the big budgeters. He was in the last Planet of the Apes movie, but I feel like he's not that picky, and basing off the original Halloween three budget, I'd say yeah. If if they went at this one with a modest one as well, I could see somebody like him uh, easing into that role. But uh, are we ever going to see this? Probably not. I I would hope not. I think this is I I think this is literally one of those movies you cannot remake. And I know we say that about a lot of films and movies from the eighties, seventies, and sixties. I think this one is so idiosyncratic to the 80s and to the the themes of the 80s and the style and aesthetic that it, it would almost be literally impossible to remake it. But if you were g- going to do that, uh, I mean, hey, if they, if they want to hire somebody to remake it, uh, I think we've got the team here. But um, if you were to do that, I think you would have to tap into paralleling themes today that they were touching on in 82 they were talking a lot about kids addiction to television uh the 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 marketing toward children with with toys and material items and stuff like that if they make it now
0: then it's not halloween masks it's apps for your phone and they get into the app and then they're they're
3: (laughs) see yeah that that's what it's a snapchat filter
1: That Uh, Yes, that's right. (laughs) Uh, God.
3: Uh, Yeah, never mind.
0: You could could actually sell that idea to Hollywood right now.
1: 100%. Well, didn't they do that Rings movie uh, that had something to do with uh, you you have to watch the
0: video online and then uh, uh, Samara comes through your phone to kill you? I actually think that we will see some kind of follow-up or remake or sequel to Halloween 3 just because – The Halloween franchise plays musical chairs a little too fast and loose with the rights to each of the movies. Like, depending on when you saw Halloween 3 or even the original Halloween, you know, you might have seen it with like a Universal Studios label at the front or Good Time Home Video or whatever else it might be, Dimension Miramax. Anchor Bay had it, uh, distributed the videotapes back in the 90s, early aughts. And, you know, what you've seen with the George Romero series is kind of a similar thing where I do believe that Universal Pictures held the rights to things like Day of the Dead, maybe Dawn of the Dead for a while. And something happens where people kind of are able to transfer those rights over to a smaller company or whatever it might be, and they start lending out the name. It used to just be Night of the Living Dead, where that's in the public domain. Anybody can do whatever they want with that. But now they have Day of the Dead 2, Day of the Dead Bloodline, uh, Day of the—you know, there's been three or four of them. Dawn of the Dead is really the only one that hasn't been touched aside from Zack Snyder's remake uh, written by James Gunn there's been a bit, a whole lot of pedophilic humor on this podcast tonight referencing <laughs> having sex with young women uh, but yeah I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Halloween 3-2 <laughs> <laughs> Halloween 3-2 uh,
1: I hope not though, because I, it doesn't need it you know it doesn't need that it, it, it's, it would suffer from the same thing as that Evil Dead remake uh, it would have worked as its own thing. It doesn't need the name, and uh, it's there's not enough brand recognition where you where you need that Halloween name, like especially if they do something that's not related to Michael Myers at all. So I would prefer to not for them to not do that, especially since uh, this uh, remake or, or reboot, whatever you want to call this, this uh, spiritual sequel uh, is making so much money. I doubt they would. Uh, they would risk the Halloween name to be, you know, sullied. You know. Yeah,
0: more than it has been already through the well, hands of Rob Zombie and yeah, because the it's Thorn back Because now it's back.
1: Like everything that's happened before doesn't matter. Those Rob Zombie movies don't matter anymore because now we're just following up. You know, the timeline from the '80s. Uh, so I, I really doubt that they would, you know, risk that just in case the same thing happens where people go
3: see it because of Michael Myers and then he's not there. Well, the good news is that a film called Season of the Witch, which actually starred Nicolas Cage, came out about five years ago, and it tanked. So unless they want to take a gamble on that name again, I, and partner with the fact that, th- again, this is a movie you cannot remake. And if somebody, if a studio were to try it, it, it would only be worse received than the initial film which i which again was absolutely cheated out of uh a great response this was the same year that they trashed john carpenter's the thing because 1982 had some had some real cutting-edge whimsical films again like et but the the films like blade runner which Lorez knows is a gay movie uh (laughs) <laughs> and then the thing and then Halloween three were trashed because they went against the, the grain of the Spielbergian euphoria. And and I'll even admit, I, I wasn't always a fan of Halloween three, but that's because I didn't know any better. That's because I was a little shit that just liked the same old thing over and over again. And again, didn't know any better. But when you actually judge a film like this based on its own merits, you find that, yes, it's imperfect and a little silly at times, but those qualities are sometimes the best thing about it and are what make it memorable.
0: You know, you talked about Woody Harrelson looking like Annie before. Annie was released the same exact year as Halloween 3. How about that? Black Annie? Oh, I forgot all about Black Annie. Wow. <laughs>
3: wow, of course you did. It's cool. So Jesus. did everyone. Jesus, <laughs> I know. <laughs> what the
1: fuck is wrong with you? Isn't that? A, wasn't Jamie Foxx in that?
3: Yeah, he was. God, he fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have you guys seen that I actually visited the the real Silver Shamrock location in Lodi, California? No, I
0: mean I I know that you make your trips out to California frequently, but maybe I I don't know. Maybe you posted about it a while back. How long ago was this?
3: This was in June of this past year, so June 2018. And yeah, I was doing a coastal trip of California, so we started in San Fran, which is a total shithole. And then we drove We drove north. And on the way to our destination, I found that the Silver Shamrock Factory was right off the highway on which we were driving. It's in this, and I mean small, small town of Loleta, California. It's not even a caricature of what it is in the actual film where you see a few people just hanging out, but it's this tiny, rinky-dink town. And yeah, it's there. And the cool thing is that there's actually a plaque on this defunct old factory, which I believe used to be a cheese factory, that commemorates the uh, Halloween three and, and says starring Tom Atkins on it. <laughs> it, it, it trust me, it is a, it, I would recommend you go if you have nothing else to do with your life <laughs> like me. It's cool. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Go, go visit the the cheese factory from Halloween 3. Go or, steal that plaque. But yeah. no,
1: I,
0: I'm more interested in visiting Ferndale, California, which is another small town, the home of Guy Fieri. Uh, and they filmed Salem's Lot there, which I picked up on Steelbook recently from Best Buy for $11. It looks worse on Blu ray, I gotta say, than my VHS tape. Terrible. But, uh, lo, what'd you say? Loletta, California?
3: Loletta, that's L O L E T A.
0: Now, what else can possibly be said about this movie? I feel like we talked about The Mass. We talked about Tom Atkins. We talked about kids dying. I mean, how much ground do we have to cover? Because I didn't watch this movie last night like I said I was going to.
3: Lying, <laughs> cheating. <back>. Is this
0: <laughs> is this the first movie that
1: has – or halloween theme movie that has people uh, or robots in this case that are filled with pumpkins? Now, hold, a-
0: actually, this pie. is, this is a kind of a curious thing because what if – This movie ties into all the other movies of Michael Myers
3: as a robot. That would make total sense, except in the film, they explicitly show that he's a uh, fictitious character in their universe because they play the trailer to the original film and and the movie itself uh, in in Halloween 3.
0: It could be like Scream, where that was just the movie based on the real events. I mean, it was on TV, after all. You know how Movies of the Week were back then. I, I think there might be something to this theory, since we see that the woman that he's with has been a robot since the very beginning, since her birth, Inception. There's no real proof saying that this happened in the factory in the third part of the movie. So they're just among us, and I think this really would make sense that he malfunctioned Halloween night. But then I think it would be easier to hurt him, wouldn't it? Nope. Just throw water at him, fucking cut his head
1: off, and then he's done? Nope. Because it's a robot? Just like her? No.
3: No? You're just full of nose, but you're giving no reason to any of this. You're just being facetious.
0: Again, you you take a look at H2O, and he does get his head cut off, and he gets burned in about four or five movies. I think this this has something to it. I really do believe that Halloween three connects all of the films in the series. I do not agree. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I well, think I
1: would believe it better if, if there's a you know an evil Doctor Robotnik, that the has Thorn it. Cult, not
3: robots. Because it would be but, easier
1: to kill.
3: Yeah, because again, then you're saying that you see him in the first movie as a kid. He kills his sister. So now you're now you're going back and saying that.
0: Hey, well, it's it's like that sitcom from the '80s, Small Wonder. You know, he's yeah. one of these these cyborg, he's a cyborg child, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, that is ultimately what goes wrong. They don't know that, so they just but, lock him away in the but, institution.
1: So you're gonna. Um, build a bunch of androids and then program them so that they can sneakily kill people? It's just going to be really sneaky in the night and just make sure that no one notices that you're there until it's too late?
0: Yes, that's why they give, like, assassins fake identities.
3: (laughs) You know, I think if anybody's one of those mindless Silver Shamrock robots, it's got to be Zuckerberg. The guy emotes just about as much as the guy in the car in the movie that sets himself on fire. So,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I could see yeah, Zuck in that same scenario with the same stone face, just <laughs> blowing himself up. <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a terrible
1: that's a terrible theory.
3: No, I, yeah, I think what they were doing in, in this film is I think that was the ingredient from the original two films that they were kind of implementing to show. Uh, kind of a different approach to it because uh, I think Carpenter kind of based the entity of Michael Myers off of the thing from another world, kind of this indestructible beast from the original 51 film. And I think they were just letting that kind of carry over with the idea of these robot people with pumpkin or pus inside them or whatever, which... Again, that it's a weird thing, but I also think that's one of the cool elements of the movie when you just punch inside them and it's a bunch of weird pus. Like, not a lot of machinery in there. They just apparently run on uh, <laughs> indescribable okay, goop. Well, that's the witchcraft. I mean.
0: They don't need actual wires. They have uh, the Stonehenge stones that they 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 kidnapped from easter island so they have all the magic in the world
3: do you want to know some uh, some funny trivia about this movie that i just find just hilarious when you talk about the legend that is tom atkins even more so so in the film do you guys remember obviously when the woman who's staying next door in the hotel plays with the chip and it blows up in her face and kills her and and rips it while he is banging the uh, the young woman at, the, at that very moment. That woman, who's killed by the silver shamrock chip, was actually Tom Atkins' wife in real life at the time. So, well, he's just railing along at this t- <laughs> 22-year-old dame, probably for two hours to get the scene right. His wife is going to sit right next door, get savagely killed while, <laughs> <laughs> while her husband just meanders and diddles around with other women.
0: Isn't that a porn category? Audible, if you want to go to Audible right now, audibletrial.com slash and sign up today. Uh, you can get a free audio. You, I, you know what? You probably can get an audio book for the new Halloween movie because I know that they released a novelization of that to go along with the release of the film to feel...
3: Old school or whatever. Am I a loser if I'm actually kind of interested in those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I already knew that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the type of guy that bought those Halo, Halo novels.
2: Halo? Yeah. What? Yeah.
1: There were some Halo novels
0: that came out after the game was so successful. Oh, well, yeah. I have a Metal Gear Solid novelization, actually. So, uh, Thank you for proving my point. <laughs> I, I Somewhere around here, I actually have the novelization of the very first movie, and back then like that was the videotape you know you would go to the the bookstore and get the book of it and it'd be like guess what we have full color photos from the movie inside you'd you would you would relive it that way
1: (laughs) yeah the good old days yeah yeah (laughs) i like a lot of old vintage shit but i'm really glad that like we can act have access to it now without having to put up with you know everything that you had to put it up in the, the day to be able to use it even. You know what I'm saying? Guys.
0: I'm only drinking water today, so I don't know. How about the credits? The credits are quite unique in that you do have an interesting opening credits where it's like a computer and there's annoying music. It's very robotic and of the time, but also of today. And uh, John Carpenter did the the score to the film, didn't
3: he? Yeah, yeah, he did. I actually got a copy of the score on vinyl from Mondo recently. They had a they've been releasing all the soundtracks of like the first six movies, and this was one of the ones I got. And it, it, it's really cool because um, I believe, Lorez, this is your favorite composition by Carpenter of the movies that he's done. Yeah, absolutely. I think his work on Halloween three is
0: unrivaled to anything else he's done. I did like actually the album that he put out within like the past five or six years. What was it called? Lost Themes or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. He,
3: has, he had two of those. And then last year he let out Anthology, which he redid all of his movie themes. And then this year he did the new Halloween soundtrack. Like it doesn't feel like a Halloween Michael Myers movie when you're watching it because it's so
1: retro and the graphics and the the music. Uh, and one of the things that I, I saw people complaining about this movie because I since I was I was alive no I wasn't alive when this movie came out but maybe I was I don't I don't, I don't know but uh, are you a 36
3: year old man? <laughs> I didn't know what,
1: I, I, yeah I pretend to be younger on the internet though so that it's not gross that my wife is much older than me.
3: Uh, listen uh, so
1: uh, the music that you know activates the chips and I love that shit like a lot of people uh, I read that a lot of people were saying that it was really annoying is the worst part of the movie but I well, it's just London Bridge is falling
3: down. yeah yeah but y- like you know what that is that is actually performed by Tommy Lee Wallace himself and they sped up his voice because they were trying to find voice actors to do it but mm-hmm. they they couldn't find anybody so <laughs> they just had him read it over in this like morose manner and they sped it up and then everybody laughed their asses off at it but then they ended up using it and then his voice is actually the voice on the TV that says like it's almost time
2: kids <laughs> <laughs> It's almost time,
3: kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it and don't forget to wear your
2: masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time.
1: I don't know. It felt very 80s to me and and, uh, just as a whole, uh, it blended with the movie really well. So I don't understand why people are complaining about that. The,
3: the thing is, these days, it's so easy to be reeled in by the, 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 the hyper popularity of everything 80s and nostalgia now, which, which is really starting to run its course. But if you, if you just look at it at face value, it, this theme in particular just captured, I think, the essence of, of the whole decade in, in kind of soundtrack music and experimental uh, composition. Because back then you still had John Williams in his prime doing the Indiana Jones films and all the traditional styles of film composition in terms of music, but then this really I think encompasses that that contemporary uh, style that was that was being touched into by some, but not on a grand scale. And and I mean just yet, yeah, just listening to it, it it is unnerving, but in like the most enjoyable way because it it just sounds great.
0: I'm gonna make a prediction right now that we are going to see some kind of evolution of Halloween Three in the form of stranger things season three i can I can almost feel that they're gonna draw from this movie being the third season
1: they have to because that show uh, I don't know I didn't see as positive reaction for season two as it was for one, so now they they have to stop relying on the nostalgia as so much and I also- uh and uh, put out a show that it's actually good, not just, you know, uh, living and dying by whatever reference or whatever nostalgia shit
0: you add to it. So it will be interesting, I think, to see what they're doing with the third one. So you might be right. I think it's going to be those punk X Men coming back. Remember that one episode where. What's her name? Eleven runs away and she stumbles upon those, oh, those cool man.
3: punk rockers.
0: I don't think I got that far, to be honest. I didn't, I never
1: the, finished it.
3: The only good thing from that episode, and it actually ties in with this very episode of movies, is that they used a track from John Carpenter's Escape from New York score in that episode. It, that, that was the only good thing that came out of that entire episode because I was so just uh cast aside by it and then i start to hear a familiar tune and i'm like oh wait this is something i like and then 3 minutes later i i hated the episode again <laughs> so so what do you guys think would be the best
1: carpenter movie to remake next because they did that with the thing which wasn't very good
3: well, well the great you know,
0: i i would actually like to cover for a deconstruction documentary at some point the original version of the thing 2011 because they had shot the entire movie with practical effects and then universal pictures was like oh no we can't actually use any of this this looks like shit i mean so they just wound up going over it with cgi and doing marginal reshoots so there, there could have been an interesting looking movie
3: there that they just flushed down the toilet because they were worried um there's a great reel online of all the practical effects they had put together for this movie and Mm -hmm. i I think it's authored by like the actual dvd and where they essentially say yeah we we really did work hard on this and they (laughs) fucked us and they fucked you effectively
0: i think a good movie of carpenters to remake would be uh you know that one segment in Body Bags where Mark Hamill loses an eye and he's a baseball player? I say I say go with that one. I don't even remember the name. That,
3: that, that was a fun uh, thing, too, uh, Body Bags. That might be a good thing as a whole to kind of bring back uh, with the new rendition. I think it was called Mark Strikes
0: Out. That was... That what, was someone funny. punches... Uh... Looks it was like also an
3: allegory for Mark Hamill's career.
0: It's uh, it's kind of like that Adam Wingard's is short in VHS where he gets a brand new eye, but the eye uh-huh. is evil.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well,
1: you can do that with uh, with Mark Wahlberg playing the VAT guy and then uh. just cast a Vietnamese guy and then just have him pull him a <laughs> Vietnamese shit and punch his eye out.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just
1: like it happened in real life. That's what I
3: think about your fucking eyes. <laughs> You're fucking... vietnamese
1: shit punches his eye out and then yeah i'm sold i'm I'm done done for that idea um um, (laughs) i want to see uh big trouble in little china remain oh
3: boy no that's
0: actually happening right with the rock Yeah, do
3: you know the scoop on that i'm wearing my big trouble little china
0: uh shirt right now john carpenter made a comment about that saying they don't give a shit about me and
3: my movie (laughs) well no no, it's true though come on listen, listen to this okay the Rock, I think we all loved him at one point, but I think he's gone so far past his his likability to now the point he, they, he, him and Kevin Hart are doing the same thing in that they're just injecting themselves into literally every intellectual property out there, and and just saying yeah we're doing it's like faithful to the original and blah, blah, blah. and just with all the bullshit that's come out on this. New Big Trouble Little China movie. I I actually applaud Carpenter because he said he's like, listen, they don't want to make a Big Trouble in Little China movie. They want to make a movie with The Rock, and they want to attach a name to it. They don't give a fuck about anything this movie ha- has to do with. And he honestly, Carpenter's a pretty easy guy to satisfy. You just give him money, and he doesn't say much. But it's clear. Again, I, I and that's a, again we talk about idiosyncratic movies of the eighties. Like that's one you can't. I, that that is such again an encapsulation of the time and what worked and what what didn't work and uh, you know but that's maybe,
1: like that's like trying to remake Blazing Saddles and take out the race out of it. Yeah. It's well, like yeah, the, it, you can't you can't fucking do that. And what are we going to do with big? What's the big trouble going to be? And. You know, there's not going to be any stereotypical Asians because you can't do that anymore. So, is it even
0: going to be called Little China, or is it going to be it's, Little it, Asia? <laughs> you know, they're, like, a, they're actually going to take from that uh, Matt Damon The Wall movie where he's just <laughs> that, that's that's actually what it's going to be, but with The Rock. He's gonna give him <laughs> squintier eyes.
1: Uh, I think the the thing that bothers me about The Rock is that okay, so we understand that you're a a ginormous wrestler that has a a million dollar smile and and uh, and no hair on his head. Fine, you can play an action hero. My issue is when they try to pass him as just a regular guy. He's like he's like five six five, and he's muscles on top of muscles, and that's when it kind of loses me. I, I used to enjoy. You know, action rock movies where he's just beating everyone's ass. Skyscraper, when he's just, oh, he's just a security guard that, you know, he's a he's a, a veteran, but he's just a security guy. And he's ju- <laughs> the biggest thing in the whole movie.
3: He's Listen, just- the, the, the Rock can only work de- <laughs> effectively, effectively now if you use him as an active parody, like the, that Rampage movie they made. What they should have done was have one of the animals run at him, and he just punch <laughs> it in the fucking face, yeah. and just lay it rock out, bottoms him. Yeah, you you just need you need to make them idiotic, and with Big Trouble in Little China, it's winking back at you half the time, and that that's the whole thing. And rock movies, the rock movies don't really do that as much they,
0: they, what he needs to do is he has to have that jake gyllenhaal part of his career where he starts to go indie and gets away from the mainstream He's got to do like a movie where he's depressed and he's fighting hepatitis you know that's <laughs> yeah. gonna, that's going to be really the comeback trail for grow a beard
1: and get a bad hairpiece and just you know be uh philadelphia he has to lose a lot of weight in a movie for me to take him seriously so it has to be like a uh what is that movie with Kristen bell where he looks the like machinist, the yeah, yeah. The machinist. So like the the Rock just losing a shit because I just don't believe him as any character that's not just a guy that's there to kick everyone's ass.
3: What if the Rock was in a remake of Halloween Three? Could you imagine that? He's he Cochrane. Played... <laughs> he plays the busserimes
1: character. <laughs> he he
3: lifts up the actual rocks from Stonehenge and he breaks them <laughs> over his kneecap and just <laughs> saves the world. I. The, uh, I might actually let that one fly. Like that is the way his head is that size. Stonehead. How big is he actually? I think because, he's, yeah, he's, that's he's, six 6'5", uh, like 270.
0: Well, uh, you know, Big Trouble in Little China. I hear it's going to be a, a huge hit. I think they got uh, Mickey Roney to play the, the <laughs> Chinese.
2: <laughs> it's going
0: to be like Deep Roy in Willy Wonka and the Ch- Chocolate Factory, the remake. they just green screen him into
2: yeah
1: you know what if they did that i would applaud it and support that movie but i know that it's just going to be they're just going to use the name and then the story was going to have nothing to do with the original
3: one well but the other thing is that it's not the kind of property that's completely recognizable except by either big fans of carpenter of or of cult 80s movies or of kurt russell fans that movie was made for i think about six million dollars and i want to say it, it made about 12 million in the box office it was not a hit by any means it's one of those movies that you're gonna throw it out there and try to use name recognition for that it's like no you well you're maybe appealing to a small kind of cult market but really what you're doing is just hoisting up some old ip to make a few bucks and it's and throw the rock on it have most of his movies been
0: remade I know that they did a remake of The Fog, obviously Halloween. Uh, I think there was talk about doing, and th- this might still be in the cards, Escape from New York, but Robert Rodriguez is going to do it, right? You,
3: you know what? That's one I actually feel okay about uh, in work, a way yeah. because that was the one that uh, actually inspired Rodriguez to become a filmmaker. So I feel like he owes a lot of dedication to it. Also, he I mean, he, he's kind of hit or miss for me, but I think I think he can deliver a pretty damn good movie if he wants to. Um, sure. Yeah, and he, he, um, he got it with Carpenter's full blessing, so that that one will be interesting to watch.
0: They also did a remake of Assault on Pre-Saint Thirteen back in the early aughts. That one's completely forgettable. So that would leave who's in that Travolta,
3: Ethan Hawke? Oh, no, that was Laura Pal- Pal- yeah. Fishburne.
0: There was a movie he did in two thousand six
3: called Pro Life, and uh, I think that was for Masters of Horror. Yeah,
0: it was. Uh, it was fifty seven minutes. It was technically feature length. And I guess it was about Ron Perlman performing an abortion on The Devil's Baby. So I think that is actually going
3: to be what comes next. This is a serious prediction here with what's been going on in the film world right now. I say Christine is next based on Stephen King's novel? I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very safe and logical call, personally. I, I, You know, they're probably eyeing that, and they have been eyeing that for a minute. I know that there was talks about doing Christine again back in, like, 2005, 2006, back when the Pet Cemetery remake had initially sprung up as something that they could potentially do, and George Clooney's name was attached to that.
3: Oh. But now it would be especially right. what what, George Clooney was attached to the Pet Cemetery remake briefly yeah to start could you imagine that it would just be him like giving a two hour funeral speech to the dead fucking cat and somehow he would find a way to just toot his own horn for it also I guess he can do the whole you know
1: electric car thing now Right, and play off of that and the dangers of automatic cars and
3: shit like that well this might not be a popular yeah. opinion but I think this is actually one that you might want to revisit now Carpenter did a great job with it in the 80s Like, I, it, again it's kind of a hokey movie but I've read the book and I've seen the movie it's a good counterpart to the book and I think as a movie it's, it's, it's a fun watch but this is one that I think would be interesting to see revamped 35 some odd years later I I don't think This is one that's uh, really exempt from getting a once-over.
0: I think you're going to see a Christine remake with either Nate or Alex Wolf from Hereditary as the nerd. As what's his name, Arnie? Mm.
3: That that would be a good choice.
0: I would actually. I think he would be the go-to. Yeah, I would
3: actually. I'd get behind that. And then you can uh use Lena Dunham as the girlfriend, right? <laughs> no, you run you run her the fuck over in the first act. She's the She's fir- the fat guy in the movie. <laughs> Moochie <Mucci> uh, Welch.
1: <laughs> I I honestly don't think I have an issue with them remaking uh Escape from New York because uh this is one of the movies that could really benefit from the technology that we have available to us now. Uh but it would have to be said in like the distant future for it to actually make sense i think or unless you play off the you know you currently have a very evil precedent that built up these walls and created a you know a country that's a, a prison yeah, see, or
2: whatever that, that's yeah.
3: the that's the parallel i'm afraid that would be made because that's just too damn easy for anybody like any like college film student could come up with that plot so <clears throat> i i I am interested to see what comes with that and I'll, I'll give it a shot if it's Robert Rodriguez doing it. But, I, I mean, I, they're just going to have to win me over because you got to go with the minimalist style for that. I don't think that's a movie that you can blow over the top with crazy high budgets and, and over-the-top effects, at least in my opinion. Who is set to play
0: Snake Plissken in that
3: movie? Not Kurt Russell, which is, is bad. Even if he's... <laughs> Even if he's almost seventy, they've got that technology now that you can you can de-age people. So I say go that route. Well, that was Guardians of the Galaxy too. That's how they started off that movie.
0: Who were you cast in that role? Like, who's a, an
1: actor right now that you think is as iconic as you know he is, or that he? I mean, maybe not as iconic as he is, but that could play that role of like the cocky uh, anti-hero that you know it's it's got his. Um, He's lines. He's he's funny lines, and he's you know uh, catchphrases. But that we'll be able th- to pull you, it out. You're, you're gonna hate dude. this.
3: You're gonna hate this. But the first person that popped in my head because I think he actually kind of has the look. If you if you if you let him play it straight, and not give him the quirky bullshit lines. I think Chris Pratt might be okay if you if if you direct him correctly and you you give him the look. I think he could maybe do it with and that hair. I, Imagine Chris well, Pratt
1: with hair. Because the thing is that... And I know because I suffer from the same thing. He can't do much with his hair because he doesn't have much hair. Uh, so the, that's why whenever you watch Guardians or whenever you watch any of those uh, Jurassic Park movies, his hair never moves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because they they spray that shit uh, so that it doesn't move at all. So you can't see... Because he can't be a hunk with a bad hairline. Right. Yeah, so it's those, those tricks. So I don't know if how...
0: If he would look ridiculous like, you know, Woody Harrelson in The Hunger Games with a bat wig. didn't a... I'm reading about the details of this movie right now, and it's already starting to lose me a little bit. Uh, so there is an article on MovieWeb where it's basically going over some of the tweaks that are going to happen with this Escape from New York film, which, first of all, they want to have be similar to Planet of the Apes, the re- not the remake, but the – the reboot of it with James Franco. So I guess that's what they have in mind here. And immediately they've decided to dump the Isaac Hayes character, uh, which was the Duke of New York. And instead he is replaced with this character, Thomas Newton. He's a broke playboy heir, Thomas Newton. Yeah. Oh, hold on a moment. The escape from New York remake will also be gender swapping the role of Hawk, Originally played by Lee Van Cleef, the character will instead become a CIA deputy executive, and uh, it will be played by an actress.
3: Oh, is that going to be like when they did Phasma in those new Star Wars movies and she was a fucking waste? I think this film is going to fall
0: apart before it can even enter production, or literally right when it's about to enter production, Rodriguez is going to be like, yeah, I don't want to do this shit. And they pass it off to somebody else. Kind of like how Carrie Fukunaga bowed out of it. And then we are like, okay, it's going to be in development hell again for another 15 years. But then Andy Muschietti just picked it up and immediately did something with it. So I, that's my guess for what's going to happen. And they'll probably get a director that is very limited in their experience. Maybe one or two very good films. Cause that is obviously the trend right now where you pluck some indie director and give him a huge property to play within the lines of and don't let them do any anything that actually would change anything right well actually on that note james gunn has come up a lot tonight where we found out that he's going to be doing the directing for suicide squad 2 now so i don't know writing too like... isn't it writing and yes direct? writing and directing give it to him let him do escape from new york have michael rooker
3: be snake <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, putting boy, her yeah. on him that would be interesting <laughs> Well, he hasn't had hair since like 1991. <laughs> yeah, it would look like Jerry Curl if he just dyed his hair black. And
0: was the last gray.
1: time he he showed his hair in Manhunter?
0: Uh no, he wasn't in that movie. You're thinking of Henry Portrait of a Killer. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, yeah. true. True.
3: was the like last William time he had Peterson hair. Peterson of CSI I was thinking, that you're thinking. You about. know the sad part? He was like 31 in that movie, <laughs> and the hair was all like sitting back on his ears. Yeah, it sucks.
0: well i think that just about does it for halloween three i think we talked about not halloween three things just as much as we discussed the movie were
3: there any other aspects that we could get into before doing plugs i would just say for anybody out there that has uh, been nice enough to listen to us ramble off topic from halloween three but if you haven't seen it i'd say it really is uh A film that encapsulates, I think, a lot of the best qualities about 80s filmmaking. I think think it took a lot of risks that wouldn't be taken today that were not even really taken that much back then. I think it's shot terrifically by Dean Cundy, The score is amazing. Tom Atkins, say what you want, but he's a fun lead and his character is actually pretty good. Uh, Some cool social commentary in there and... Again, it's just, it's a fun movie. I mean, sit down and watch it and kill 90 minutes. I think you'll enjoy it.
0: It is a Halloween tradition for me to put this movie on and play it and usually fill out the day with all kinds of other horror films and the like. Uh, Hans, what about you? Do you think this is worth the... Well, it, it has this trajectory now where for a long time it was hated and then it became kind of looked at as underrated and now I think it has earned its spot in the horror pantheon as far as classics go from the 80s and whatnot do you think that is it's deserved or i know it's your second favorite halloween film but do you think it, it is as underrated as people now give it credit for being i think
1: the biggest issue is that now we focus too much on how iconic something is because uh i'm someone that when i when i was a kid i used to watch horror movies but i didn't really um i didn't have much of a knowledge of you know sequels and things like that so i would watch you know one uh friday 13th movie and didn't even know that there were you know 20 more so i feel like a lot of the the things that have been happening uh, recently or have happened for a long time is that it's just an icon so you think jason the hockey mask and a machete oh he's so awesome and then you realize that there's like two good movies in those 20 same with freddy same with with uh, michael myers now i wouldn't say that there's only two good movies in that whole series uh, but it's one of those things where, you know, there's so many of them and watchable ones, I would say maybe three.
0: Let me let me just pause you right there. Where would you put the new Halloween movie, David Gordon Green's Halloween? Where would you put that in just the general lineup of Halloween films? Because this is something that Jake and I did on the episode from yesterday is we decided to give like a quick ranking or at least a breakdown of how they fall. So where would that go for you? But the, Do you guys prefer...
1: Uh, because I obviously haven't listened to to the episodes, you guys prefer uh, Halloween two, the original, or do you prefer the way that the new one went with the with the story?
0: I preferred the the new one. I think I had that at number three, and then Halloween two is number five for me, right behind Halloween Resurrection.
3: The original one, which I think still holds up pretty well was made more as a reactionary piece to the new trend that was coming in in horror films, so it feels a little derivative at times, even though I enjoy the hell out of it. And then the characters aren't as realistic or uh, strong as some of the new ones, I, I think, are in the new movies. Uh, that was one of the things I loved about the new movie is that they they portrayed teenagers really earnestly and didn't overcompensate goofiness or annoyingness. and So I, I really appreciated that. So I've got... Yeah, I've got the new one at uh, number three right now. Yeah, I guess so.
1: I mean, I'm looking at the list just because uh, the thing that happened with me is that you started watching them back to back. So they all kind of blend into the same movie Uh, after four, I'd say four, five and six are very uh, it's very, very foggy for me to be able to. Uh, divide them and, like, remember exactly which one's which, which, which is not a great sign.
0: Well, that's why you need to watch the producer's cut of <laughs> The Curse of Michael Myers. I hear there's very different sequences in that movie that maybe could perk up your viewing experience. Still shit. Still.
1: Right. That's the Is that the one that's very, very 90s from
3: the beginning? That sounds like... Yeah, with the kid with the beavis and butthead. Uh, oh, uh, that line. Cool. Oh. And oh, again, God. Pa- Paul Rudd hopped up on psycho antidepressants, which is which is fine if you need to take those, but for the sake of his performance, I don't think it didn't it did him any good in that movie. And yeah, it, it it has those cringy ass like metal guitar riffs for a Halloween movie, and then just I think that's cool. I think it, it really it made him. It. It's like a
1: they wee-wee. they grabbed the they grabbed a, a director from an MTV commercial in the '90s, and they were like, "Here, you know, put your your touch into it." It's very very '90s. But I, I guess I would agree with you guys also uh, after – because, I mean, the the first – What my, my first <laughs> I <first> don't su- <laughs> have any opinions of your own. You just
0: echo me and Jake. You're right.
1: You know what? Uh, the Rob Zombie 2 movies are better than the rest of the series. And I'll, I'll stand behind that. I'm kidding. I don't – I hate that. I hate those movies. But, no, yeah, I mean, it's the first one still, just like Jake, uh, my favorite, and then uh, Seasons of the Witch would be the second one, and – I don't know if I would put the new one as third. I kind of like the whole hospital thing, like it, for, um, from Halloween 2, where it just feels very, um, like it, 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 feels like everything happens there. And I like a couple of the deaths, like the, the ones that happened, uh, with that couple that were trying to get frisky in that bath thing that I don't even know what it is, but those were really two, two really cool deaths that, uh, that were kind of silly, but, but at the same time were pretty awesome. So I, yeah, I don't know if I if I would pick the new one uh, over version two just because more things happen or it's more fleshed out. I guess I still enjoy Halloween two more. I think so now, maybe I, it would
0: be four for me. Number four, uh, four has a lot of reverence to no, it. No, no, no. I mean, I, I've noticed.
1: I mean the 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 new one will be like in fourth place for me after oh, Season of the Leech and uh, Halloween two.
0: Excuse me, that's my my age sinking in. My brain is just fading here. I just had an idea for that remake of Halloween 3 that we're planning where it's a Snapchat filter instead of a mask. How about you get Tilda Swinton to play the sister of Cochrane, and she's a witch, and you call it Season of the Witches.
3: Mm. Who's the other witch? It's just one? It's just her. But that's false marketing. It's just her. (laughs) Does she have multiple personalities? So that she's kind of like more than one witch?
0: No, actually, I think she does that in Suspiria where she plays an old man. Yeah. What? Yeah, I actually think they gave that character a different actor credit, too. I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure she plays uh, Tilda Swinton, and then she plays an old man as, you know, Tilda Swinton. Huh. And his name is like Roy Orbison or something. I don't know. I didn't... (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I don't know how
1: I feel about that remake, to be honest. I see a lot of people are excited about it, but I feel like that's one of the movies that you shouldn't remake just because of how weird and unique it is. Um, but yeah, I just, that doesn't... Yeah. Well, you know
0: it's all know. about modern dance in this one. It's kind of like Glee meets, uh, you know, that, the O.J. Simpson documentary. <laughs> yeah.
3: God. I'm I'm picturing OJ in in like dance clothes. It's <laughs> He's the one that kills all the white women.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I I know you guys are not big fans of the uh, Pet Cemetery trailer,
0: right? Uh, no, hold mm. on. Spe- excuse me. I like the Pet Cemetery trailer. Mm. Okay.
3: So, I, uh, I guess just for me, it was. John Lithgow who I like a lot uh like he he's awesome in his one his season in Dexter and uh he ruined that show for me
2: because after
1: him after him everything was so bad that's true well, like yeah. he he like he lifted that whole series with how good that character was and as soon as you know that ended i was just like i'm not interested in any of these fucking lame ass villains that they're coming up with after him well
0: you didn't like johnny lee miller's no uh, motivational speaker <laughs> character <laughs> no right? the one that was <laughs> what
1: burying uh women in barrels or some shit yeah yeah boyd
0: fowler uh, so bad uh that was not great that and it really just went downhill from there colin hanks was the bad guy for season six <laughs> and
1: hanks. uh what's his name what, what's his uh fucking fucked up face guy from forever star uh, star trek what's his name He's like Mexican and little, and he was uh, he was some Hanks. I mean, uh, calling Hanks
3: Hanks's dad or something, a mentor. Do
1: You remember?
3: Oh no! Uh, in, in, uh, the, in the in the show, I forget. He I don't know, he just has this weird, like ambiguous name. Or... Oh,
0: Edward James Olmos. No, he he was on Battle uh, Battlestar Galactica, not Star Trek. Oh well, whatever. He was in <laughs> he was the star of Lean on Me, where he was the in the Hispanic ghettos teaching the. Raccoon oh, students, that's the
1: remember? one. Why can't I reach those
3: kids? That guy.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> uh,
3: right. But, uh, but yeah. So this pet cemetery trailer sucked, and it's because Judd Crandall is is a very particular character for one, and it seems like Lithgow just kind of mailed it in. Like he, it doesn't sound like he's playing Judd Crandall. It sounds like he's playing John Lithgow in overalls. He he just goes, the the ground is bad and like I'm I'm not believing it when I hear him talk like that. And then I, I, I Are you a big fan of the original one? I I liked it initially when I watched it as a kid, and then my opinions kind of wavered, but after reading the book and then going back and watching it a few times in recent years, I actually think it strangely holds up Pretty well, but that—that's recognizing its flaws at the same time. And because that's it, the thing that happened. Sorry, go. Mo, well, <laughs> to just quickly summarize, most of it is because of I think just the the way they shoot it is actually very competent, and then Fred Gwynn as judd Crandall is just the nail on the head in terms of capturing the character.
0: Sure, it brings life to the movie and makes it actually memorable. Uh, without, you know, without him and actually without Miko Hughes as the toddler that gets run over by a Mack truck, I really don't think you have nearly as good of a movie as that turns out to be. You know, when I had a film class back in college, our final was on Pet Cemetery. And we we started with like Charlie Chaplin, Silent Films and Paths of Glory and Stanley Kubrick and this and that. And then we ended with Pet Cemetery. So... Just goes to show the enduring power of that stephen King classic,
1: but I guess that's what happened to me with uh with this trailer and same the same thing that happened uh, to me with i uh with it that I just never really liked those movies uh so the whole you know uh um no the whole you know this is, this is a cool, you know, old movie or whatever. I'm really excited about this, uh, that happened with Pennywise and everyone. Like, I, I knew of a couple of girls that got like Pennywise tattoos and shit from that old movie just because it was popular last year. Uh, but I, I didn't have any attachments or anything to those old movies. So, like, this new, cha- these new look or new change that you might implement or like make the movies look maybe darker or more serious. I'm. I welcome it, just because uh, you know those were made for TV movies, so I wasn't expecting them to be good to begin with. Uh, and uh, I did like what they did with it more than the original one, so I. That's why I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to to this but new one. Th- th- let me
0: let me ask you something, guy. Uh, well, on a related note, because this isn't the only Stephen King property that they're doing, Doctor Sleep, which is a sequel to The Shining, is going to start you and McGregor and come out within the next year or two. And everything that I've read about that seems to be that it is going to be tied to the Stanley Kubrick film. What do you guys think about this? It's by
3: Mike Flanagan, who did Gerald's Game as well. So, Who did a
0: load of shit, if you ask me. That was a terrible movie. <laughs> I haven't seen his new show. Awful director. Truly just an
3: incompetent man. That's unfortunate. He's from Salem. So, uh, Did you guys read that book?
2: Uh, I have no idea what the book's about. I did. And
0: I'll tell you what. The book... Thinks It's awful. It Here's what happens. The first good hundred pages of it are actually nice and readable. And it's more a direct sequel to The Shining where you visit Danny Torrance being haunted by ghosts after the Overlook Hotel burns mm-hmm. down. And it's cool. And then it veers off into him being an adult and it's a fantasy novel where he's fighting these, Ugh. you know, c- creatures or spirits.
3: And it's really... Unbearable. It's one of his worst modern books by far. Again, uh, I have not read Dr. Sleep, actually, but within the last year, I have read The Shining, and I fell in love with that book. And I, I just feel like if you're trying to capture the Kubrick kind of feel for this new one, those are some big shoes to fill because you need to satisfy the subject matter is in that the the novel of Doctor Sleep, but then if you if you want to emulate the kind of feel that you got out of out of the Kubrick film, I I agree with you, Jamie, in the sense that I think Mike Flanagan has done some good work. I don't think he's nearly competent enough to have no. anything even remotely close to saying, "Oh, well, we're gonna kind of follow the lineage of the Kubrick film." The second you say Kubrick. You're perking up the ears of a bunch of assholes like you and I that are going to be like, you fucking idiot, you should have just kept your mouth shut and made a movie and not try to put it in the conversation with, again, who somebody who many refer to as the, one of the best directors of all time and yeah. How he, now, he put his own spin on a novel that Stephen King to this day hates.
0: I've been reading now that they're going to include they're going to include the scene that was actually in the miniseries at the end where Danny Torrance is graduating from high school and then Jack Torrance is a ghost and like weeping and clapping and they're gonna bring out the eighty-five year old obese Jack Nicholson to do this this one bit. Uh I'm seeing it on like movie phone. <laughs> dot com right now <laughs> Jesus uh, you know what i, I so I would,
3: I would rather see them bring back the uh either corpse or via cgi scatman Carruthers than hell yeah than, <laughs> yes than he's the what best. Jack Nicholson looks like today <laughs> just bring him back with those two portraits of
0: <clears throat> naked black women too have him come back as Hong kong fooey
3: i'm looking looking at mike flanagan's
1: uh movies and i'm I'm trying to find the one. Where you guys have said uh, he's got to some hit
3: and misses. I, where which ones are the hits? Uh, I actually, I a hush. A lot of people liked. I thought it was okay. I actually, I actually kind of liked that. Um, did he make that Ouija movie? Origin Ouija. of Evil?
0: No. Uh, no, he did Oculus, and then yeah. I think he just jumped into the you know the bigger properties. He did that Ouija. Oh, one, wait, he did do. He did do Ouija. I yeah, I, I actually kind of enjoyed that one. Oh wait, yeah, he did Origin of Evil, right? The yeah. first one was a huge bomb, and then the second one got really good reviews for some reason. Is that one good? Because that
3: that name just just seeing Ouija put, puts me off completely. From stylistically, Ouija. he said it in the '60s, so stylistically, he did a lot of cool things with the texture of the of the film, and then with the sound and everything. Um, I think in terms of scares, he did okay given his repertoire. He he has kind of a a weird or i would say very conventional avenue to to scares but i think in this instance enough things went right for me to enjoy it but yeah it, gerald's game was um uh, really well he, he
1: did me. do that uh haunted hill ha- haunted of hill house show and i i did like that a lot
0: Yeah, that show is really the big thing right now that's on Netflix. People seem to be fawning over that movie, that show. I I haven't finished it. I've maybe watched three episodes, but I I have
1: liked it. A lot of really cool cinematography in it and the performances. They're all right. (laughs) Like some of the characters are really annoying to the point of, you know, you get to episode four and you're already like, all right, fucking,
3: is she going to die? Because I want her to. Uh, But it's really, really well done. Well, you know, guys, I I I think we're onto something. I think Mike Flanagan is going to be tapped (laughs) to be Halloween 3 2020, the director of the remake of Halloween 3.
0: Now, is that uh, Haunted Hill House show in the same canon as House on Haunted Hill 1999 starring Tay Diggs and Jeffrey Rush and Fomka Jameson? It's the same house. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. i don't know what he's talking about. Mm. You you never saw that movie? It was released yeah. by Warner Brothers. It was great. Isn't that a what's his name? Vincent Price movie? I think he did the original, and then they have Jeffrey Rush playing Vincent Price in the remake. Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm. All right. Ninety nine. Oh, I just found it. I might have to watch this. <laughs>
0: There's a, there's a good sex scene in the movie where Marilyn Manson is singing Sweet Dreams, a cover of Sweet Dreams. Oh, no. So just to give you the vibe of that movie <laughs> and the time, really up your alley, you know? Yeah. I know you're a big 90s fan. You got George Costanza on your shirt, so. Yeah,
1: I'm a big Marilyn Manson fan, too, because I'm gay, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, that that signals the end of the show here, if you guys want to give your internet handles by all means hans you can start off
1: uh it's hans on twitter just h-a-n-s-i-c-a-n
0: i see that you're back to the political tweets now you are you are quoting tweets and insulting people <laughs> oh man you've <laughs> yeah you've really
1: got, more than got back, back to, to the political tweets i'm just like calling people stupid on twitter <laughs> that's pretty much it it's just you know what uh, it's it's uh you get addicted to it, yeah. and then and then you know after after the whole ah, "I'm so upset that you're so stupid" thing wears off, you read them again. It's like oh, this is not even worth,
0: it. you know. So I just no, delete you, them. You delete it. I'm looking at a tweet right now from 3:03 a.m. last night. <laughs> "Capitalists oh, yeah. die. Hillary die." Now, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we, if we care to explain the, uh, the a, context a,
1: of this? That's the whiskey.
0: I was thinking of
1: on uh, Hillary from the original Sabrina series that uh, they remade that, and they took all the humor out of it, and I used to laugh so much with that movie. Good cover. I mean, that series. Wasn't that a
3: Sabrina? I mean, uh, I don't even know him. Yeah. You guys see that new series? You didn't strike me as much of a Sabrina guy.
2: <laughs> Find
3: me on Facebook and on YouTube at The Cinematologist. That's Cinema, T-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. And uh, a side note here. I, I have acknowledged in recent days that there are others out there who use my name that lifted my very name for their own film blog or podcast purposes. Just a reminder here, everybody, I have been here as the cinematologist since 2009, since the aughts. I'm the first. I'm the original. Nobody else can take that away from me. But um, go do to- a series of videos where you, you watch the, their videos and call them gay. That would be pretty cool. That would be a good burn. <laughs> I should. I actually just put up a uh, an analysis video of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 74, so that, w- that was fun to put together. Um, but otherwise, if you want to chat with me, you can usually find me shitposting on the Lorez Facebook page, so feel free to jump in there and uh, harass Lorez with me as he goes on a mission to offend droves of people and make false equivalencies of jokes. Well, J- Jake likes to do the thing that journalists do now where they try to, you know,
0: they get the alerts on their phone whenever Donald Trump tweets so they can be the first one in the comments <laughs> and re- reap the uh, the rewards of getting all those followers. You can currently go over to the Low Res Facebook page, which is the most active social media platform right now. I think it's fine. I think it's very uh, wholesome, PG. Low Res WB. Facebook.com slash Low WB. And if you want to be a patron and get more episodes of the show to run at a more frequent pace than just simply once a week. Head on over to patreon.com backslash I do have an exclusive episode coming out where I'm going to be discussing Hold the Dark. I almost forgot the title there. Jeremy Saulnier's new film on Netflix, and that will include my interview with one of the film stars and the star of Blue Ruin, his first movie. Well, his first big movie. He did, I think it was called Murder Party back in the late odds uh macon blair so that will be something to look forward to and i have some new episodes coming up in the upcoming weeks where i will be discussing movies with some notable heads in the internet cybersphere uh before we go i actually wanted to ask you guys something because
1: i'm sure you guys are more familiar with john carpenter movies than me i've been trying to you know watch all of his movies and uh I have a selection of three that I thought were interesting that I would like to watch today. So you guys recommend to watch The Ward, Dark Star, or
0: The Fog? Ooh, uh, uh, do The Fog, in my opinion. Dark Star is a little too early,
3: and then The Ward is way too late. I'm going to agree with Lorez here and say, yeah, The Fog would be the first one I'd advise you to because he's uh, he's really he's really kind of hit it, hit his stride already with Halloween. It's very atmospheric, the soundtrack is awesome. A little hokey at times, but it's, again, a really fun movie. Dark Star is one that I think you might enjoy for its novelty and its its blatant, intentional silliness. Uh, and The Ward, I actually never got around to because, to be honest, even as a huge fan of Carpenter, that did not appeal to me at all. All right, cool. All right, well, that has been the show for
0: this <laughs> week. I hope you guys enjoyed the double episodes, double feature, and... uh Again, uh, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week.